This is the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Waylee Gray. Hey, you know how many physicians today are feeling overwhelmed and trapped living that busy and unfulfilling life? Yet more than ever, we as physicians are keenly aware that life is precious and tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. My mission is to help physicians start living their best life now by discovering and achieving their wildest travel dreams. So come, join us on this journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Dare to Dream Physician Travel Podcast. I can't tell you how much I I just love podcasting. And if for anything, like people that are super cool, reach out to me and ask if I can talk to them. And I'm like, this is so amazing. So this guest is one of those people who I had not met before, but she reached out to me and wanted to talk about this really awesome topic that you guys are all going to love. And I I can't wait to have her on. I'm so excited. So her name is Dr. Christine Coins, and she is a adult, adolescent, and pediatric psychiatrist. And she is also the founder and CEO of the Nomad MD. And I, this is going to be so good. So first, welcome to the podcast, Dr. Christine. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I, we all want to know with the name, like the Nomad MD, tell us what what your life is like and tell, tell us what you do. Yes. So I'm an integrative child and adolescent psychiatrist. I'm also a physician coach and I help physicians break free from traditional medicine to achieve location freedom and create their own ideal nomadic lifestyle. So I've been a nomad for over two years now. With nomad life, you can create whatever version of it you like. My version right now is living in a different country every two or three months in a different city every month. So that's how I move. <laughs> so this is such a cool idea. How did you even come up with that idea? How were you like, oh, I am, this is how I'm structuring my life. I am going to go to a new country and a new city. Tell us how this all started. Yeah. So, I mean, my love for travel really started when I was younger. So, you know, when I was around 16, I decided that I wanted to travel the world. But when I was eight, I decided I wanted to become a doctor. So it was always this idea of balancing (laughs) medicine and travel. And so throughout the the journey, I was always trying to find a space for travels. So in college, I minored in Spanish and it got time for studying abroad. And my summer that I was going to spend in Spain, at the same time, I was accepted into a combined medical school program, which which meant I had to start medical school while I was in college. So I had to forfeit my study abroad. So it was the first time that I was like, wow, I'm going to have to choose. I can't do both of these things at the same time. And so the journey continued and I had another chance in medical school. And my first summer, you have your summer break, your your first summer after first year. And I spent that time over in Costa Rica learning medical Spanish. So I was like, okay, okay, it can happen. I can do this. And the same thing happened in fellowship. We had, I went to fellowship at Yale and they had this lovely program where you could spend an elective abroad anywhere you wanted. And I spent 
a month in Nepal in a Tibetan Buddhist monastery learning about mindfulness. And it was another moment in my life where I said, okay, travel is my passion. Like, how can I combine these things? But throughout the journey, just a lot of physicians are experiencing right now with burnout and depression. I would have these moments. It happened in med school. It happened in residency and fellowship. And for some reason, I thought maybe this is like a med school thing. Maybe it's like a training thing. And then when I became an attending, I was like, oh, no, this is just this is a thing. It's continuing when I um, would have these long stretches of working 50, 60, 70 hours a week and saying yes to too many commitments and realizing that I had cultivated this life that was really amazing, but it wasn't necessarily my dream because my dream really had a passion for travel and it was a strong passion that wasn't quenched by going on vacation for a week or 10 days or in, and you couldn't do too many of those to begin with. So once I realized that, I knew that I had to make a change to create a life that was more in alignment with, with my true values. So that's how I began to really think more deeply about this. And during the pandemic, it gave so many people, including me, a chance to really be still and do some deep introspective work around what I really wanted, what I wanted my life to look like, what was most important to me. During that time, also both of my grandmothers died and that gave me even more of a sense of clarity in, in what I wanted to do next because I knew that time was something that was so precious and I couldn't just guarantee that I was gonna have the time to, to live the life that I wanted to live later on. So I had to live it right now. And so I'd had this grand plan to like pay off my student loans and do all of these different things and be in PSLF and everything. I had a lot of reasons why I shouldn't do it, but I think all of those things happening at once, falling into burnout and, and later on depression in that state helped me to see I, I can do this. I have to make a change. And, and I took my five-year plan, turned into a five-month plan, bought a one-way ticket to Columbia, and I was gone. <laughs> so. Wow. Wow. Let's pause there for a moment because there's just so many gems that, that you're sharing. But first of all, when did you come up with this five-year plan? Because a lot of people don't even have a five-year plan. So t- tell us when you came up with that and what, what that looked like when at the time. Yeah. So my five-year plan came about in 2019. I went on a 10-day trip to Thailand with my sister and I was sitting on Kata Beach, on one of the islands, and I was looking at the ocean, I was journaling, and I journaled that this should be my life, that my vacation was supposed to be my normal life, and that my life that I was living back in D.C. was like my vacation life, that I should only experience like two weeks a year. (laughs) And I felt it so deeply and so strongly that on my 17-hour flight going back to the U.S., I wrote out a five-year plan of how I was going to create a life that I was going to travel for at least three years. I didn't think it would be forever. Now it's going to be forever. But I was at least going to travel for for three years in the next five years once I had gone further in academia. 
I just, I love that so much. And, and here there's so many things there that I love. And one of the things that I just want to resonate with on this podcast is even if you maybe don't think you want to be a forever nomad to the listeners who are listening, there is something so magical about traveling that it, it gives you courage because you are not in the place that you usually are. So like, that that realization that you have you're like wait i should be here this this beach these this yeah. water this ocean this should be my life and then that other life is those things are important to me too but it's not as important to me and it just yeah. it gives you so much clarity because you went first you leave your comfortable surroundings you leave mm-hmm. maybe all those the places where people have social expectations of you and then you go to a place where you don't know anybody and, and you're looking at something that you usually don't look at or never has looked at. And right. you just get this clarity and you get this courage, you get this perspective. And the the cool thing that I think this is true for, this is why everybody needs to travel. Like even if you don't want to travel forever or travel for most of the year or 10, 10 weeks of the year as, as other as people who have the travel bug that, yes, right. like that I'm with you. I'm like, when I, if I can't go away for a one week vacation because I'm like, no, I'm not done. Yes. <laughs> but, but even if you're like, yeah, I get a home, I'm more of a homebody, just that discomfort of going somewhere else and you get so much out of it. And what I love about your story is you journal that, that, that realization came to you with so much clarity. And then you went and did it like you, well, I mean, you, you went on the plane and you came up with this five-year plan. So you, you started planning and then, and then that, that set things in motion. And there's something so magical about when this is where the dare to dream, the life planning part comes in, like just writing things down. If something yeah. comes to you, just write it down, write down the plan, write down and keep it. it there's some, it's not even, I'm actually not somebody that loves like documenting. And so it's, it's not one of my fortes, but mm-hmm. I like one of my podcast episodes, like I just read the stuff that I wrote down like two and a half years ago. And, and I'm like, oh, look at this. I didn't even look, I, I had lost that file actually until like right yeah. before the podcast, I looked for it. And I didn't even know that I wrote this down two and a half years ago, but most of it is either true or coming true. And so yes. there's something magical yes. about, about that, just manifesting our, our dreams and just paying attention to what we really want. Yeah. There's so much power in that. Yeah. Actually, what you just said reminds me of when I was before I left, I gave away everything that I owned because I live out of a carry-on suitcase. And so in that process, I was putting a, a suitcase in my mom's basement because I have my degrees and like really important documents that I can't get rid of and don't want to carry around the world. But going down into her basement, I found this little sticky note that I wrote when I was 16 years old that said, I want to travel the world. And I was like, wow, this is the importance of writing things down. (laughs) And you didn't remember writing it down? No, I did not remember writing that. And here you are finding this note when you're about to go out and do it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Awesome. I love, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Wow. This is such an amazing, amazing story that that you're telling that the story of your life. And and so, okay. So, so you, you had the five-year plan. And then you're like, no, no, the five-year plan is too long. Life is short. Both of my grandmothers just passed away. Here is COVID. Let's just get real and let's not take life for granted, which is totally yeah. what I resonate with too. Like I'm I'm all about that because really we don't know. We don't know if we have tomorrow. 
Exactly. And it's not depressing. I mean, it is depressing on some level, but it's also a very powerful thought. Let's just do what we can today. Okay, so how then, what what happened then? <laughs> so then, of course, there was some fear there because I was going to need to tell other people, like I was going to need to quit my job <laughs> in academia. I was going to need to tell my family that I was leaving the country. Like there were, there were a lot of things that were going to need to come up, but I knew that the first thing I needed to do was just commit that this is what I was going to do. And so before I spoke to anyone about that commitment, I committed to myself. I bought a one-way ticket to Cartagena, uh, Colombia. And I said, okay, this is, this is happening. So now everything else happens. (laughs) So I set up all my schedules to meet with everyone that was important to me. I consulted with attorneys and CPAs just to make sure that I was doing everything that I could to to just really have things set up and in a row. I listened and sought guidance from people who have been traveling for decades just to learn more about just what happens if you get lonely. So what happens if you get lonely? What happens when you're an introvert and you're trying to connect with people that have a different culture and a different language? And what happens when there's a medical emergency and you're in a different country where you don't speak the language and you're lonely? Just all of these fears and different things that would come up in my mind and just really trying to to come up with a plan of how I would attack all of these, these different thoughts. What about student loans? And what about retirement? And what about healthcare? And <laughs> there were a lot of questions. So I created this five-month plan that really tackled every single one of those questions so that I could really leave in a place where I had complete peace of mind with God. That's amazing. So, so many things there that I love that you said. So first of all, you didn't ask for permission. You just, you're like, hey, this is my plan. This is what I decided. I'm committing. I'm giving myself permission. And I'm, I'm committing it. I'm committing to it. And then you acted on that so that if other people found out, you're like, yeah, I'm serious. I have a one-way ticket. Yeah. And then you were really, really strategic about it. Like you, you made the decision quickly, but then you also did your research, which is I think that's that's a really amazing balance to have have both both of those because there are a lot of things that I wouldn't know if I had decided to do that one day I I wouldn't know anything about taxes or just just I wouldn't know where to establish residency and things like that so mm-hmm. yeah that that's 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 really awesome yeah this is the first time we're talking in meeting but I'm already getting a sense of you're bold you're adventurous you're decisive and you're strategic. Like these are like amazing qualities. It makes you a great nomad. Yeah. I mean, I think it's probably natural as a, a physician to want to have a strategy and a plan and some kind of algorithm in place for making a move. But yeah, I agree. There's a certain amount of flexibility that you have to have as well as if you're going to be traveling the world for sure, full time. So how did you decide Cartagena, Colombia? Had you been there before? Like what, what, how come you picked that as the place to fly to to do your one-way ticket? My one-way, well, one, I'm in love with water. So I just feel like it's so healing for me. So I knew I had to be next to water. It was going to be my first location. So the apprehensive side of me said I could get a a flight back here in three hours. I wouldn't be too, too far. 
I was going to be in the same time zone. So it wasn't a lot to work through in terms of jet lag and things like that. And I also wanted to be in a place that had people from the African diaspora. So that was something that was really important to me from my first location. So there I I had that culmination of things. And also because I wanted to work on my Spanish, that that was also another piece. I was going to ask, you must speak Spanish because you're a Spanish minor. So you... (laughs) You would think that I'd be more fluent than I am, but always working, always practicing, getting better and better. (laughs) So you bought the ticket and well, actually now I want to know, inquiring minds want to know, what were people's reactions when you told them? Yeah. So there were a lot of mixed reactions. I had friends who were crying and upset that I was leaving. I had some family members tell me that it was not going to work out, that I was running away from my life. I had other people who were really like excited for me. This was your dream. You're living your dream. Yes. So it's a very, it was very mixed, which I think is always why it's always important to decide for yourself and really spend time with yourself when you're making an important life decision that you're making it for you and you've you've weighed everything and you have your commitment, you have your conviction and you've built the courage to move forward because people are going to have a lot of different things to say. And so now all those people who were not in agreement are like, I, this is amazing. I can't believe what you're doing. Can I visit you here, there and everywhere? And so it, it was a journey for, for them too. And so, yeah, mixed reactions. And so just being able to, to deal with that and <laughs> knowing it's still going to be fine. <laughs> I love, I love that. That totally makes sense. And yeah, like when, just when you were saying that I was thinking the same thing, which is if you hadn't decided and you were telling your close family and friends before you made the commitment to yourself, like that would have been very hard. And I think that is true for every dreamer. If if you want to live the life you really want to live, then find out what do you really want? And then get really honest because you don't want to want something else that someone wants for you. But what do you really want? And then, and then once you decide, yeah, this is actually what I really want, test it out. Do you get excited about it? Or get, let's really, like, you, you spend time with yourself. You get really honest with yourself and don't, t- you don't talk to anybody about it because you don't know how they're going to react. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter because like you said, not everyone thinks big, like not everyone has the capacity to dream and they may be like your friend and they may want the best for you, but they are just doing their best to react. So if your friends are like, well, no, this is going to be bad. They're just trying to protect you because they think, gosh, like someone who goes through that is going to go through a lot of pain. (laughs) And so they're just trying to, in their mind, protect you. But it's, it's not really like you, you showed them what was possible. So I, I, yeah, that, that's awesome. Well, I think that people also project their own fear onto you. It's not even necessarily them worried about what's going to happen to you. It's like, if I was in this situation, what what would happen to me? I would be freaking out. Yeah, but you're not me. So, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and the thing is, now that you went and and blazed the trail and have been doing it for 2 years, you're you're opening up the imagination of of your friends and 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 strangers, like other doctors who are listening to this, right? They're like, I didn't even think that this was a way, but look, someone did it and and they're they're loving their life, they're living the dream. And so yeah, that that's that's awesome. That's really awesome. So okay, so you told your friends 
And yes. then you you had this one-way ticket. Yes. Oh, what about telling people at work that was about that the was same a thing. thing? That was a thing. It, it did feel like I, I told my boss, who was super amazing person, but it did feel like I was breaking up with someone. It's not you. It's definitely me. I, I have to go on this journey. <laughs> so it, it was uncomfortable, but it was the best kind of uncomfortable. It was the the uncomfortable that gets you closer to being in alignment with yourself, the uncomfortable that gets you closer to freedom, the uncomfortable that gets you closer to the dream. Yeah. Yeah. And and you you were doing a lot of homework, like with you no know, strategizing. And one of the things I'm so curious about is, I mean, you talked about like loans. So a lot of doctors have student loans and there's just a lot of financial limitations is one of the reasons why people feel stuck in their situation. So will you speak a little bit about when you were planning this, Mm -hmm. how did you do your calculation and how did you justify that part to yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think that there are so many different ways that you could go about it. The way that I went about it is one, I had I had taken up minimalism like seven years prior. And so I had always been someone who was really focused on what are my greatest values, what's most important to me, and anything that wasn't one of those things, I didn't really feel the need to consume. And so I did a lot of thinking about saving and investing. And so I had practices in my life that allowed me to, I knew that I could leave and not work for a couple of years and I would be fine, but I wasn't planning on doing that because I do love medicine. Like I love being a psychiatrist. So that, that wasn't in part of my plan, but I knew I could because I had cultivated a practice that would allow me to do that. But outside of, outside of that, I also knew a lot about geographic arbitrage, right? So I knew that I was going to be living in places where, you know, using my U.S. salary, that I was going to be living a much higher, better quality of life, but I was going to be paying a fraction of what I was paying to live in my studio in D.C. So (laughs) I knew that that was going to happen. I knew that it was also going to allow me to fast forward, push into my financial freedom. It was going to allow me to pay off student loans quicker than I imagined I'd be able to. And so continuing to to have those same habits, but utilize them in a place where I was going to have a much lower cost of living, even though I was going to have a higher quality of living, that was my strategy. Do you remember how much housing cost you in Cartagena when you moved there? For a... One bedroom on the beach with a 180 degree view of the Caribbean Sea. It was twelve hundred dollars. Wow, per month. Per month, and that was because I was in Airbnb, which is like double the price of a normal. Right, home. that's not what the locals were paying, but it's still super cheap and way cheaper than an apartment yeah. in DC. <laughs> yeah, that was like everything included. And in my apartment in DC, I was paying twenty five hundred for a studio, and that was with nothing included. So with no view, so <laughs> with no view, not a view, a 180 degree view of the Caribbean. <laughs> Big distinction. Mm. I love that. I, I think that's one of the things that people often ask me about when it comes to traveling. They're like, well, how do you, how do you travel? How do you, how do you do that? It's expensive to travel. And 
it turns out that, yes, it can be very expensive to travel, but that you can be really strategic in picking places where you'll have a wonderful time, where you're going to have all the experiences you want to have, but it's way cheaper. Yes, you have to fly there. So most of these places you have to fly there and get there, but it's, it's, it's geographic arbitrage. I mean, it, it's amazing how how expensive life is in in the states like compared to most places in the world that are actually enjoying an equally good quality of life for sure and and i mean one of the things that i had part of my strategy before i left was also meeting with credit card efficiency specialists so i knew i wasn't also not going to be paying for flights so there were thinking about all of those different things allowed me to to have the freedom the because I was ultimately flying at least once a month, if it made sense, if I couldn't just drive there or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And what I learned through some of my, just my travel planning is the most expensive flight usually is to get there. Once you get, once the internal flights tend, especially in Europe, especially in Europe, tend not to cost as much. And so there it's, there's so like there are, pl- there, there are times when it makes a lot of sense to use points to save on the cash value. But then once you get to a cheaper place, once you fly to Asia, wherever you fly, you can get flights from one Asian city to another for a much more affordable price. For sure. That was part one of a two-part interview with Dr. Christine Goins, the Nomad MD. And I don't know about you guys, but... I think Dr. Christine is a total boss. She is just an amazing person. And I just love everything she's saying. I love the lifestyle she's created for herself. I love how she unpacked her process of envisioning and then creating her five-year plan and how that changed to be more urgent to the five-month plan. And I just love, love how she's living her dream life. And I cannot wait to share part two with you. It is going to be so amazing. You're going to love it. Stay tuned for next week's episode. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode, please share it with a friend and go on your favorite podcast app to give us a five-star rating and a review. It really helps us to get the word out there. Also, I am really excited to announce I've started a online Facebook community for physicians. Go and search for Dare to Dream Physician Travel. That's the name of the Facebook group. If you have trouble finding us, the link is also in the show notes. I hope to see you on the inside.